Welcome to All Means All. I'm Carolyn O'Hearn. And I'm Sarah Perglosi. We are two inclusive education enthusiasts striving to shift mindsets, challenge the status quo, and open more doors for all students in all settings, all of the time. So we made it to our 20th episode. And so Sarah and I have been thinking, you know, what do we keep talking about? There are so many different avenues to go. And we thought it'd be fun to recap some of our our isms from the past 20 episodes, our past 19 episodes. So this episode is all about um, the all means all isms and things that you'll constantly hear us say and just reiterating those main key points um, because there's some validity and some valor to what we're saying. Yeah. So Carolyn, I get to kick us off with one of my very favorite things. Uh, The first thing that we talk about is knowing our why. Um, so when I show up to my workspace every morning, when I show up to to serve a team, what is my why? What is that reason? And I think when we fully understand why we do the work we do, it helps with that emotional connection. I completely agree with that. I think that we can't just do things to check the box. We need to have an understanding of why we're doing it. What's the importance? Who is this impacting? Who is this influencing? What is this going to look like in the long run? Why am I putting my time and energy into this now when that's such a valuable commodity to me overall? And with how overwhelmed educators are, that that understanding the why, what is in it for me, what is in it for my students, and how are they going to benefit from this is huge and when we think about students, Carolyn, on this podcast, our title of our podcast is All Means All. Um, it comes from this idea that we are always talking about there are no yeah buts. So when mm-hmm. we talk about students, when we talk about learners, we are talking about every single one of them. When we think about all, I'm going to push us to even think beyond our traditional students to educators, to families, to parents. When we think about all, It's inclusive of every human being that comes into contact with us and being intentional with how we interact with them. I mean, it even goes beyond that. When you and I were sitting in Washington, D.C. at the ASHA conference a few years ago, we really were thinking that it means all, all students, all educators, all the people that you just mentioned, but all environments, all scenarios, all everything. So really thinking about the fact that these yeah buts that we constantly hear, um, and they're valid, right? Like the, people have this idea of yeah, but this doesn't apply to my student, or yeah, but I'm understaffed. Those are valid barriers, but we can't live in those barriers. We need to find a way that we can push through them, um, recognizing that they are challenges, but then thinking, you know, what is this going to look like if we are able to push through it and really consider each student, each educator, each scenario? Um, I think with that too comes into our next one, which is number three, which is my personal fate, my second favorite. I was going to say it's my first, but it's not because that'll be later. Um, it's my second favorite thing to say. And this really came about when I was you know, my first year as being a speech language pathologist and something that my CFY supervisor told me is you did what you did when you knew what you knew. Now that you know better, you need to do better. And so we constantly say, know better, do better. Because, you know, when we're chugging along and putting out the little fires in our classrooms and our buildings, 
we're doing what we know what to do. And as soon as we know that there's a bigger picture, there are better systems, there are different strategies we can be using to support these students, to support families, we need to be doing that. We can't just take that knowledge and be like, oh, that sounds great. Not for us. There's too many barriers. We need to really push through and say, ah, we know better. How can we adapt some of this so that ultimately we're doing better um, really for students? I mean, we want to keep thinking student outcomes, but for everyone that we've been talking about even so far. And Carolyn, what you're describing to me is this idea of a growth mindset that we are all learning and we're showing up in the spaces that we work every day. And this is a part of a process that we are forever lifelong learners. And part of that is also being curious to figure out what is out there. So I've encountered a barrier in my workplace. I've encountered a student that I've never worked with before. What do I do? I, that first step is being curious to figure out there's so many resources out there. So challenging ourselves to just never accept the status quo, but to ask, like, how do I show up in these spaces knowing and doing better. Part of this is what I'm going to say is number four and number five, be a champion for the good that we see happening around us. And we work with teams of educators every day who are so entrenched in wanting to do better for their students that they fail to stop and recognize the successes that they've had as a team. And by and large, it's easier than to become overwhelmed when we hit those walls to become overwhelmed with those yeah buts because you don't reflect on, man, look at the great work that we've done. Look at the growth that we've had to this point. And I think when we recognize what others are doing, when we recognize the progress that we've made, it empowers others to see themselves as leaders. I, I am a firm believer that you do not have to have the title of administrator to be a leader in a district that you can lead from any place that you are. We want to inspire people to come to this work every day and to give more than what they thought they could the day before. Part of that, what you were going, what you were talking about just a minute ago was kind of similar to being like not noticing the forest when you're in the trees, right? Or not noticing the trees when you're in the forest, whatever that (laughs) phrase is, whichever (laughs) way it goes. But, you know, again, it goes back to having our educators and our families who are just so overwhelmed with the day to day that they don't often see all of the really great things that they're doing and they don't notice the progress that they're making, even if it's minor. And so I I always love that about you and I, Sarah, is we really try to celebrate small wins. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to look big every time. Those big wins, we are absolutely celebrating But in the meantime, you know, we have to keep moving by celebrating each little piece. So like you were saying, if there's a way that we can celebrate that in someone else, if we can champion others and say, you're doing a really great job, but we'd love for you to help lead this initiative, that's really going to get people to think bigger and think beyond all of the little fires that they're putting out on a day-to-day basis. And Carolyn, what you just described is what I'm going to call number six. It's finding that first follower or finding someone in our organization that is doing something great and recognizing it. And I think so often when we aren't in that position of administration, it's very easy to feel like I I don't have the autonomy to make change or to make an impact. But when I recognize as an SLP, another SLP that is doing great things and I come behind them and say, hey, like I see the work you're doing around AAC and families and how do we incorporate families? What can I do to help support you in this space? 
we've gone from a lone nut, right? A single person out doing great things to now there are two of us. And pretty soon there's going to be three of us. And we're having a party just like Derek Sivers talks about. And you know my favorite TED Talk. Um, And it starts to get this idea of if I'm not in on this, then I'm missing out. And I think no matter where you are at, if you're listening to this podcast as a paraprofessional or a parent or a teacher, find someone in your sphere that is doing great things, champion them, and then start that movement. And that really leads us into our next one, which is number seven, about gathering your team. So after we get that first follower, after whether we're finding someone to follow or to get someone to help follow us in that movement, um, we need to make sure that we're getting everyone to the same table and it's not multiple conversations happening with only part of the team together. And then you're playing phone tag and then you're trying to catch everybody up. So really making sure that we're able to get everyone to the table to be able to have these conversations and think how we can make this a bigger effort than just one classroom or one teacher or one family who's interested in doing better and and moving forward with this work. And into even number eight, which is the multiple stakeholders and de-siloing. I feel like we say that so many times, so we've had to pull that in. That's going to be number nine. But eight and nine are really looking at having our multiple stakeholders involved and thinking about who's not at the table, who should be. And it goes back to, we don't know what we don't know. Um, And then when we know better, we do better. But when we have a team working together who share these same end goals and know what that vision is, that we're pulling them all together to say, hey, let's let's collaborate a bit more and that's that de-siloing piece too is making sure that anything that's AAC related doesn't just stay in the realm of the speech language pathologist anything that's really looking into fine motor or daily living isn't just staying within the wheelhouse of our occupational therapist um and just really thinking how can we how can we involve families more i think that they're often um, left out of the conversation, not intentionally, um, but they're just, you know, you're not at school, you're out of sight, out of mind, unfortunately, is how that goes sometimes. Um, and same thing with their paraprofessionals who are working with these individuals day in and day out. We need their voice at the table. We need admin at the table. So they're hearing what these barriers are, what these ideas are, and how they can support this long term um, and provide those resources to help us moving forward. And so, Carolyn, I've been doing a lot of work with a local district. Part of that group is all about getting the stakeholders. So we aren't just talking about educators. Around this table, we have about 30 to 35 people. And we have community members and parents and people that represent businesses in the community. And what I've seen is the level of conversation and understanding that I can listen with empathy to somebody else and hear and take what they've shared into my learning. It's been really an eye-opening experience for me as to the need to slow things down and allow for these conversations and these the spaces for these conversations to exist. They talk about how the work that we have is so hard, which is number 10, right? So this work is so hard. But when we stop thinking about this is the work of the school district, right? So this is the work of the teachers. This is the responsibility of the teachers too. We are a community that is here to support everyone. And so how do we 
come together? How do I use the assets that I have as a business? What partnerships can I establish? And when we stop putting on those blinders to this is the role, this is my job, and we start thinking about how can we incorporate others in our community? How can we find people who, I use this phrase all the time, does it bring you joy? Who this one piece of this big puzzle will bring them joy? then how do we help incorporate those people? Because this work is hard. Um, And I think some of it we've talked about already, this idea of celebrating the successes, of making sure that we have all of the voices at the table. Um, But a huge part of this is is having the conversation. So tell me a little bit more about that. So number 11 is the importance of conversations. And I think that's the thing is this work is hard, like Sarah said, which is our number 10. But it's hard for everybody right? It's hard for our families. It's hard for the classroom. It's hard for the admin. It's hard for the paraprofessionals. It's hard for the student at times. So really taking a step back and not getting caught in this, well, mom has a lot of support at home or well, the classroom has a teacher and four paraprofessionals. So they're, they're going to be fine. This work is hard period. And so kind of going back to that, getting everyone together at the same table is having these conversations to bring awareness to the hard. Because once it's out in the open and once everyone understands that this is what you're seeing as a barrier, we're able to address those barriers. If you keep those to yourselves, then it's going to stay and it's going to fester and it's going to grow and then it's going to turn into resentment, which is never good for anybody. And so having these conversations and talking about, you know, what is the vision? What do we see? Whose help do we need? Um, And being open and honest with administrators. You know, if they're coming from the top saying, we need you to X, then you as the implementer should be able to come in and say, here's what's holding us back from and not feel afraid of any repercussions um, of being vulnerable in that, and which is what I'm going to do to lead into Sarah to help bring us some awareness into, into our 12th all means all ism. And so our 12th all means all ism is this idea of showing up and taking risks of modeling vulnerability, which you guys, it's so hard. It's so hard in, in this fear of being evaluated, of being less than, um, and so in one of our very first episodes, we pulled in Teddy Roosevelt's Man in the Arena speech. It's modeling risk-taking. It's modeling this vulnerability and willingness to, our kids need us to do things that we've never done before. We know in education that if we stick in what we've always done, we, we haven't seen great outcomes, right, for all learners. Because remember, we're talking about all means all. And so this idea that we need to be vulnerable, but we also need to be reflective in our vulnerability I'm not saying go out there and be like guns a blazing like not thinking about the decisions we're making but we need to also if we are leaders think about what type of culture are we creating what what does this say to the staff and I think all of this comes back to what I'm going to label number 13 is this idea of being reflective that in everything we do Carolyn you and I are constantly reflecting on the the professional development that we provide, reflecting on the meetings that we have with our teams, thinking about before meetings, why am I doing what I'm doing? How am I doing this? What could be done differently? The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I think about who needs my A-game today. today. How do I need to show up and reflect on some of those pieces? 
because I think it's so easy to get stuck in this phase of like this mechanical like I'm on the bike and as long as the bike keeps going life is good to okay what's next how can I do this better and some of that is identifying like where are we at right now what does that look like our next couple of all means all isms really go back to the plan that Sarah and I have been talking about this entire episode and honestly several other episodes that we've we've done so far because all of this is great and we can get everyone at the table and we can talk about how hard this work is and we can have good conversations we can be vulnerable but if we don't adequately identify what's going on right now and we don't set the goals and we don't actually take action on those, we're not going anywhere. And we're just going to be in that cycle of just complaining and wondering why things aren't changing. And so 14, 15, and 16 are all plan related. So 14 is really um, identifying our current reality. What strengths do we have right now? What's working really well? What opportunities do we have that are maybe external to our group? What weaknesses do we have? You know, we know we don't have staff right now. We know we are bringing in some really complex students that we've never worked with before. That's something internally that we need to address. Um, What are we seeing externally? And so we really need to take stock in what's going well and what's potentially holding us back. We need to really look at that current reality. Um, And also what's going well at a system level like what are we seeing across the board versus what are we seeing in pockets are we seeing some really great efforts and work being done towards this end goal in different classrooms how can we capitalize on that and how can we build it up or are we just really struggling throughout and really finding out what do we need to prioritize to bring our heads above water again to then really be able to focus on that long-term goal which is number 15 and it's setting goals and it's not just this big ideal long-term goal, which is really important because we want to make sure that we're moving toward the same direction as a project, as a district, as a family, as an IEP team. What is the end goal? So if we think about our students, for example, what does that student want to be able to do when they're a grown-up? When they're a grown-up, when they're an adult, what what do they want to be able to do in addition to what would we like to see for them and really making sure we're taking into accountability to their wants and needs and ideas and desires um, for their future and making sure we're working towards that end goal and things are going to come up, right? But that end goal is still there. And then taking action on that, right? Like we just set the goal and say, we want to be as independent as possible. We want our students to be autonomous communicators when they graduate, but we don't take any action on it we're doing a disservice to the students first and foremost these individuals with complex communication needs but we are doing a disservice to us as the team because we're not recognizing that you know we can make the goals but we're not taking steps for toward it um and part of that when we're taking action which is 16 um is we need to come back and and reflect on it which sarah touched on a little couple minutes ago with number 13 really reflecting on that work and the importance of coaching the importance of having a thought partner of having someone who can just ask the right questions and really get us back online and on track with what we're trying to do so not someone who's just going to say yeah you're doing great keep it up 
but really ask us, you know, what, what is the goal or what are you working toward? What are your options? What do you think would be the best one now? What are you trying now that you haven't, or what do you want to try that you haven't tried before? Um, and really getting us to start thinking bigger and outside of our immediate environment of what we've been working on. So these all kind of morph this plan and thinking about these big goals kind of morph into these bigger goals that's going to be lumped into number 18 that Sarah is going to talk about. But really, it's something that I think both of us really bring into the every our work, like our daily work. But also anytime we're thinking big picture or consulting with others, having these conversations, we're thinking into the, this next ism that we're going to talk about. When we think about all means all, this is just how we approach this. We're creating a culture. It's built into the DNA of my school, of my classroom, of my building, of my community, of the region that I live in. Like, I'm not going to say anything is too big. And it's it starts with these conversations. It starts with being reflective, of knowing our why. It's all the isms, Carolyn. We're getting to 20. We're getting close. So I feel like we're starting to wrap up. All of these things build on each other. They aren't siloed. They all influence each other. And I think if you guys could hop into a call that Carolyn and I have or a conversation you hear a lot of these same pieces being brought up again and again in our daily conversations. Um, and so 19 is the last ism, the all means all ism that I'm going to share with you guys before I give it to Carolyn. But it's this idea of what's next. And and for me, this is so big because this work is hard, but it's that idea, the potential of what is next is what keeps me inspired. It's what gets me up in the morning and makes me excited to think about, okay, this is where we're at, but what's next? And what's one step closer? Because it's so easy to get bogged down and overwhelmed. But if we always say, hey, look at three weeks ago, I was there and now today I am here. And so what is next? How do I keep going? Um, And we can do that for ourselves. We can do that for the teams that we work with and the teams that we're on. Um, And we can help start framing these conversations for people that help them want to do better as well. Some of this leads into number 20. And I know this is your favorite. You've been waiting this whole time. So here you go, lady. Yeah. If, if you, as the listener have listened to literally any other episode, we've probably snuck this in. Um, Number 20 is yet. This is one of the most powerful, powerful words in my my brain in my personal opinion. Um, but you know, a lot of the things that we've talked about so far are big picture dreams and goals and ideas. And that's really what this podcast is all about is getting people to think differently and do differently and make little shifts that end up being big changes overall. And so I, I know with some of the stories that we've been telling so far, you might hear, um, yeah, well, we don't have the right administrator or we, um, we have a team that really just likes doing what they're doing now. We don't have a team that wants to shift their practices. Um, I feel like I'm working in an uphill battle and I'm the only one doing this on my own. No one's here to work with me. And I feel like if you just add that word yet at the end, and I know this is an entire episode, so I could be on the soapbox for hours. I won't be, we're going to, we're going to close it soon. Um, 
but that I think is the biggest all mean all all means all ism because we will keep saying know your why, which was our number one, and yet, right? What's next? We aren't there yet. And I just, I I think that when we're thinking of these all means all isms, look out for these in the future. You're going to hear all 20 of them. Um, but it's just something that until every learner is actually included into every aspect of their lives, whether that's school, whether it's with social groups, if it's in like extracurricular activities of drama club or sports or in the community, and until every person recognizes their role in this, we have a lot of work to do. So we will keep making podcast episodes. Our work is not done if your work is not done. And as long as your work is not done, um, we'll be here. So our work's not done yet. Um, but this is our 20th episode. We're super excited to continue this work. But if you as the listener have ideas we share these uh, episodes on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so if you have ideas or have people that are like, hey, I'd love to come on and just chat with you guys and we can talk about what we're doing and how all the good things we're going toward, um, let us know because I think that's that's what's going to keep us moving is moving in this right direction together, not just Sarah Lynn. It's going to be all of us together working towards the same goal. <laughs>